we cannot ignore once it once it comes into our spirit. Yes. And yeah, yemeya, yemeya beat my ass, man. <laughs> Welcome to the African Goddess Initiation Festival. I'm broadcasting from my parents' house, which is appropriate because there's my dad's drum, one of his drums over there, and this is his shakare, not mine. And it's beautiful to be in their energy because today we're not only celebrating my new book, African Goddess Initiation, Sacred Rituals for Self-Love, Prosperity, and Joy, but we are celebrating the goddess Yemaya, and water goddess energy is so strong in my family and in my bloodline, and we are also here to celebrate a beautiful human on this planet who was born solely for the purpose of raising consciousness. Well, she's a human in, she's a, she's a spiritual being in human form, so not solely for the purpose of raising human consciousness because she's got to be born for her own pleasure and joy and fun and all of that as well. <laughs> My dear beautiful sister goddess Anita Kopach, she is the author of the Simon and Schuster fiction novel Shallow Waters. It is the second title from Charlemagne the God that he will release on his imprint Black Privilege Publishing on August the 3rd of this year. Goddess Anita is the former editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul Magazine and managing editor of Beauty Sense Magazine. She is an award-winning writer, a spiritual psychologist, and a certified tantra coach with a passion to see people thrive. Anita created the Zero F's Giving campaign to create awareness and help victimized and disenfranchised populations heal from sexual trauma, find their voice, and reclaim their power. She has helped thousands of victims through her work with Zero F's Giving and being on the board for the Center for Safety and Change. Through leading retreats around the world, working with private clients and storytelling, Goddess Anita fulfills her intention to awaken the divine simplicity, pleasure, and joy in her life and others. Welcome my sister, Goddess Anita. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. I don't know where I am in my moon cycle, but I'm already crying. <laughs> I am too. I think that it's that energy. And whenever, you know, we invite in the water goddess energy, you know that that's, that's where we are. That is where we are. Thank you, my sister, for your work on this planet. Thank you for being a bright light and a bright force. Thank you for being a model in the way that you are mothering daughters. It is beautiful and powerful for me to see as someone who hopes to mother daughters. And I can tell that you are well-mothered and well-fathered yourself. So I just read your official bio. So who is the queen behind those words? Who's the queen behind the bio? Oh my gosh. I was just actually talking to one of my friends and I was like, it's so funny. I am a lover of humans, a lover of humanity. 
And sometimes my partner is like, oh my gosh, Anita, you give people too much credit. <laughs> and I'm like, the experience that I've had of living on this earth has been so amazing. And that doesn't mean I haven't had some crazy experiences because I have, but my experience of how people have shown up has been so beautiful. And so um, that's, that's how I see people. I know that I always see like the highest in people. And, um, and I, and so, you know, maybe some people feel like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't live up to her standards. But, um, but that's, that's what I see. And, um, you know, one of the things I would say that's not in the bio, which maybe one day I will add, you know, I've been, I've been a, um, into it my whole life. And when I was a teenager, I started giving readings and, um, there was a whole story of how that happened, but, um, what I came to like as a teenager was that I would, um, throw stones and give people their readings and what would come out would be, um, like everything would be very familiar to the people. Like I didn't say anything that was out of this world, it would be like, oh my gosh, I just had a dream about that. So it would just be reminding people of their divinity and why they are here, their purpose. And, um, and so that's, that's one thing I would, would add is that, um, I connect to that spirit of people. I, I think you should absolutely add that, you know, to the bio because that makes perfect sense. And that makes that, that resonates with me as, you know, the connection that I feel with you and you gifted my beautiful book with a forward that is magnificent. That could be absolutely released as its own <laughs> in the world and so I want to thank you for that as well for for sharing with me your words you know words of affirmation words are a primary love language for me I love words me too <laughs> and as a fellow intuitive you know you were pulling from our pulling from our ancestors and so thank you for that thank you for that you spoke about in in this forward you spoke about the restrictive nature of the way that we've had pushback, you know, historically for our spirituality and haven't been allowed traditionally just to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the revolutionary aspect of, as, as the late great Audre Lorde says, you know, us just being, us living is revolutionary. Us taking care of ourselves is revolutionary. And that's a very big part of your work as well, it feels to me. Yes, absolutely. That is in within my foreword for you, because um, I, I remember seeing you speak at a venue in New York. And you were speaking about the goddess and, and, you know, within our communities, a lot of times we are demonized for speaking about goddesses or for following them or for praising them, for giving them gifts. And you were just like unapologetically like sharing about it. And I'm like, yes, yes. 
please be that beacon for everybody who is feeling it because it is such a deep calling that we cannot ignore once it once it comes into our spirit. Yes. And yeah, Yemeya, Yemeya beat my ass, man. (laughs) I am sure she did. Mother don't play. (laughs) She does not play. She's powerful. And so I, um, I did a medicine ceremony in Peru. And all I remember from that is that all of a sudden I was underwater and I was swimming. And I mean, when I stay, she may have been 40 feet tall and I came into her arms and she just held me in her arms like a baby like this. And I was, it just felt like I was in heaven. And all she kept saying over and over is, you can have whatever you want, baby. No buts, no ands, just literally was holding me like, you can have whatever you want. And um, I'm telling you, I'm full of water right now. (laughs) It was the most profound experience I had ever had. And um, it, it, you know, that when I, when I, finally woke up from it, you know, the, the, the shaman was just like, you are obviously one of Yamaya's daughters and, you know, just be open to whatever it is that I'm like, she already has a mission on me. Cause I had already like written most of the book by that time. (laughs) Oh yes. Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, there's a mission happening. So, um, she's very, very present in my life and obviously so is Oshun. <laughs> yes, yes. And so tell us about shallow waters in this in on this on this journey and this book that is anything but shallow. I thought I thought it was a very interesting yeah title because it's the total opposite. Oh look at that. Yes. So this is the advanced copy, but this is shallow waters. And uh basically what it is is um when I was in high school I wrote, I read this book and I don't know what the book was called, but it forever changed me. It was about um, Marie Laveau, the, yes. who, who is the mother of Voodoo. And someone had made up the story of her before she was this, you know, huge figure. And they did like a coming of age story of her. And it was made up. They made, it was fictional. Uh-huh. And I was like, what a beautiful, it was just touched me in so many ways. And I was so moved. And, um, you know, I, when I thought of this book, um, I basically did a similar thing where I wrote a coming of age story before Yemeya knew she was a goddess. And so, yeah, it's, it's set in the 1800s and um, starts on the west coast of Africa where she falls in love with a fisherman. And, and then the slave ships come and they take the fisherman over the middle passage. So she follows the slave ships. Don't worry, I won't tell the whole story, but she follows the slave ships over and she has to cocoon for 40 days and 40 nights to turn into a human. So when she gets there, she's in this land where her skin color makes her a slave. And she's trying to find Obatala. 
and who is the the, the fisherman <laughs> in the store Ooh. and so she you know she's navigating parts of slavery she's meeting historical figures and um yeah it's it it, it was definitely a journey and what you know what I want to read this one part in here because yes, not not it's it's a part of the the my author's note but um so I just wrote, I wrote Shallow Waters to create an empowering story with a black female heroine that took place during an extremely painful part of American history. Many of us are stepping onto the path of healing our ancestral wounds. The story of Yemeya in Shallow Waters is precisely that, a personified tale of my healing. No matter what side of history your ancestors reside on, we must all contend with the wounds that are still present today. Wow. And so this, the whole journey of writing this was me feeling what my ancestors went through. So it wasn't just writing what was happening on the Middle Passage. It was remembering that my ancestors chose not to jump off of the ships. And, and that's not judging the ones who did jump off because... Right. I might have if it was me, you know? And so I, I mean, you could have found me on the ground crying at any time. My kids were, (laughs) my kids were like, are you okay? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Our ancestors. And, you know, it, it, for me, my intention was to write a story that would help every black girl and every black woman remember who we really are. Yes. And what I'm really seeing now with a lot of the reviews, which have been having very great reviews. And um, it's also a place where um, white allies can see themselves because I do have, you know, white allies within there. But it's so funny because it wasn't my intention to do that. And um, it's been um, something that, that, um, has been pointed out to me. So I was just like, okay, that was God. (laughs) Yes, Yes, completely, completely. You, you received the ancestral assignment and you accepted the assignment. So that's two different things because a lot of times, you know, we hear the assignment or folks are getting the assignment or, but don't take it on. Don't, you know, because of what is required. And I believe that, you know, in you writing this book, like it feels like it's fictional, it feels like you made it up, but you had to visit and travel to the ancestral realms in order to bring forth this story. Ashe. And my, it's so funny because I was chosen as um, one of the top nine sci-fi novels for the, um, Edelweiss book fair, which was awesome. And I was telling my dad and he was like, sci-fi. And I'm like, yeah, it's about a mermaid. And he was like, oh yeah. <laughs> it feels so real, you know? <laughs> you know, if they don't have the terms for magical realism, they may say sci-fi. They may say, you know, you are bringing forth that Octavia Butler yes. energy, you know, the ancestors are well pleased. 
and your dad is right that somewhere you know <laughs> oh yeah it's not just a historical book right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and okay. I want you to share with your dad tell him if he's not already aware to look into the connection with the Polish people and the people in the Caribbean um I believe that it's with Haiti and I think in Jamaica that Polish people fought with the enslaved peoples for their freedom I believe it's Haiti yes yes tell him to look into that That's and I yeah. Thing. yeah I will I will and the beautiful thing about Polish people is that they love each other so much like like they will support they will support until the death me and my sisters it's hilarious because we whenever we go to Poland um, whenever we did to like visit our family, we would notice that it would take, you know, the jokes that they say, how many Polacks does it take right, to, right, right. to put a light bulb in? It feels like that when you're there. And what it really is, is that they bring in the whole community when oh. they do anything. So there will be five people around helping you. <laughs> Everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to feed you. Everyone wants, like, it's so beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful culture. And I so. Love <laughs> I love that. And I love one of the things that I really, really think about that the reason so many people resonate with your power is that you bring your whole self to the party. That oftentimes, you know, as little black girls, we're told, you know, well, you can bring forward this part of you or, you know, for you, you know, like as a woman of color, as a biracial woman, as a multiracial person, you can bring this much of you or this part of you or this part is allowed in this circle and this part is. And so you've got to hold back and bring fragments of yourself, but you bring your whole self. How did you find that? How did you how did you know to do that? Say that it was definitely my parents and that what, what it was like, we always knew that we were Polish and my dad's Polish, my, my grandmother's Polish, but we always knew that we were black. Like that is, that was, I think that's what made it so that we were not confused or what some, some people experience who are of a mixed race. We were like, even my dad was very aware. He never felt slighted or whatever when we would say, I'm a black woman, you know, like it's, he, he knew what that meant, that, that, that other people are gonna see us as that. And so why not celebrate that that's what we are? We had, we had like our little, little um, magnets from the seventies that black is beautiful all around the house. And, you know, we had, my mom used to create these, these huge, um, I mean, it was on washboards and she would, she would um, like stick all of these um, powerful black figures on there with what they did in the world. So literally we're walking around the house and we know, oh, what, what Harriet Tubman did, what Madam C.J. Walker did, what Malcolm X did, like it's, it was everywhere. So I think that that is the thing that allowed me to celebrate everything because um, they knew that yeah. we were black women in America, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
and you also are a very sexually free woman, which I love, you know, your energy is very much talk about, you know, pussy power and bring it forward. <laughs> How do you teach your children to feel comfortable in their bodies and in who they are as they grow being, you know, it, when you're assigned, for, for those of us who are assigned female at birth, when you're a girl child, there are all these rules about your body and how you can show up. How do you balance all of that? And <laughs> yeah. so my, I mean, my kids, I've, I've never um, kept that away from them as far as what sex is. I taught them very early how they came into this world and, um, and I was, you know, at a very young age, uh, you know, I was, I was a Tantra coach and I was selling, you know, uh, crystal wands and yoni eggs. So all these things are coming in the mail and my kids are like, what are these for? And I'm telling them, right. So there wasn't like, um, I mean, now, now they kind of have a little bit of a, a, a stigma. Like they're like, mom, stop. Don't <laughs> Teenagers, so. <laughs> They're teenagers now, but they know, and they know that their pleasure is their own. I'm like, don't ever think that someone that you can't give yourself the, the pleasure that someone else can give you because it's, it's such an important thing for them to know. You know, I talked to them about masturbation very early that, you know, if you're feeling that, you know, cause I remember when I was young, I was like using shampoo bottles and poor like brush like the I I, I washed everything off <laughs> I'm like wait <laughs> it went I couldn't hear you it went out for a second and I love that you put in the caveat for your family like wait y'all I did wash everything off I promise <laughs> exactly sorry guys but I know that children do use all kinds of things. So it's like, I'm like, if you feel like you want something, you know, don't be ashamed to let me know. And also we are born with the perfect tools to use. <laughs> so yeah. so um, it's so important. And it wasn't, it wasn't always like this. The reason I was able to dive into this um, I was, I, I did experience molestation as a child from two family members. And, um, and so, and I wasn't able to talk about it until I was probably in my twenties is when I finally started to get some therapy and it was all talk therapy at first. And it got me to a place where I was able to talk about it, mm -hmm. but I still was having flashbacks. I still would not want to have sex with my partner. I had three children and I hadn't enjoyed sex. And, you know, like I was just like, what is everyone talking about? Like sex sells everything. Everyone seems to have so much fun and like, what is happening? And it wasn't until I had gone to an appointment with my middle daughter. Um, she had a, um, a, uh, an orthodontist who was, um, holistic, um, and, you know, had, you know, she works with the whole body and she actually did my, um, my, the same program for the masters for spiritual psychology. So she knew my story. And when she was, she was like, 
checking my daughter out, she, she was like, you know, Anita, can I talk to you in the office? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, has your daughter been molested? And I'm like, oh my God, I hope not. Why are you saying that? And she was saying that basically she was reacting the way a child who has been molested would act when she would touch different parts of her head. I'm like, oh my gosh. So she knew my backstory and she was like, well, wait a minute. How old were you when you were molested? I was like, I was seven. And she's like, how old is Tila? I'm like, she's seven. And she's like, oh, she's just carrying on, you know, what happened to you. And I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. What are you talking about? And she's like, well, if you don't heal it, it's going to carry on in your daughters. And I'm like, oh, hell no. That's when I was like, all right. I have to heal this shit because I don't want to pass it down. Right. You know, which I think is what a lot of our generation is doing. Like, I don't think that there has been a time where so many people are stepping up to heal generational traumas. It's like so many people are doing it. And it's like I wrote in your foreword, it is, it's not a pretty picture. We're crying, you know. (laughs) We're we're a mess when we're coming through it, but the only way to it is through it. You know, it's like all of those memes that say, you know, people think that this is what, that spiritual awakening is like, oh, like skipping through the daisies and, you know, right. And and it's like, no, it is, you know, the muck coming from your nose and your eyes and you're everywhere while you're trying to heal. And yes, it is messy. And you're absolutely right. You know, I am from a family where there was multi-generational sexual and physical trauma and things that my mother experienced as a child, you know, that I am now healing and cleaning up in my own life. Because as you said, you know, if we don't heal it, we pass it on. If we don't heal it, we pass it forward. And you have done that not only in your own family, but with your zero F's given movement. Can you please talk about that? And thank you, you know, for the, I think it's one in four or, you know, one in four of us that have, and and I'm sure the numbers probably women and one in six men. So Mm -hmm. one in six boys who are molested between the age of zero and 18. So there, and that's only reported and men tend to not report. Mm. Mine was not reported. Most people I know never reported. Right. And what I experienced in my life was not reported either. And I'm from a family that protects the molester, that there's a multi-generational molester that is protected and safe and yes. That is how it is in my family too. So I was definitely um, the whistleblower and the, which I was scared at first because I love my family, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what is this gonna be like? But hey, this is what's happening in my family. And you better not fucking touch another kid. Yes. Like, (laughs) yes, it's, 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 I mean, there's so much, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's happening so much. And I've actually just talked to a friend where, um, you know, I was telling him about the one in six and he was like, it's way higher. Every single one of my friends were having sex with older women. And I'm like, what? He's like, like eight years old having sex with older women. But, but they were considering it like a rite of passage, manhood, no. right? Sowing your oats. It's exactly. right. Right. But I'm just like, oh, but who are these older women in their 20s, 30s, 40s who are doing this with these eight year olds? I was just 
I was floored. I didn't know it was that common, you know, and I'm just like, all right, there's, there's work to do because while it may just be an experience, I really don't know what's happening on the, on this, uh, in the minds and the souls of people who are doing it, you know, like it's, it's hard for me to imagine, but there's so many that are doing it that I'm like, I I have to kind of imagine, especially within the work that I'm doing. And, and if we want to stop it, right. Like we want to cease this, but for sure the speaking up and I mean, this next generation Yes. Oh, I mean, they are amazing. Yes, they, they are. Say it right off. If someone says does or says something disrespectful, they don't even have to be disrespectful back. They just point out how you're being disrespectful and why I will not take this from you. Yes. And I'm like, oh. I, I love the words when yes. I was younger. I love that about this generation, though, because all of the sacred cows that we have, you know, and some some of the sacred cows, like, you know, for me, like, you know, respect for elders and things like that. Like, I, you know, <laughs> but they, all the sacred cows, they don't care. Like, <laughs> they don't care. They don't care because there were, I mean, I mean, I am going to talk about ZRFs given, but, but really quickly, because there was this one woman in, um, in a tap class that I had and she's older, she's in her nineties. And she had said something about, she's like bruised from um, like, she, she had hurt herself and she was, her whole midsection was bruised. And she was like, she was like, you know, um, no disrespect, Anita. And I'm like, no disrespect, well, how, how am I, that, what does that mean? And she was like, oh, because you know, I'm black there and I'm like oh (laughs) I just I didn't I had no words like literally no words and my daughter was like why didn't you just say never say that to a black person that is completely inappropriate we are not black because our skin is bruised we are black because we have been kissed by the sun and we are the original people and I'm like Sadie I couldn't say it She will just like, she will, her friend, it doesn't matter who it is. She just right away will say it and doesn't have that weight on it. Like you said, for the sacred cows, it's like, she doesn't have that weight on it. It's just like, this is how it is. Yes. Which I think is beautiful. (laughs) I think that's beautiful too. And that's the daughter that you raised. For me, it's, you know, three days later, I'm still coming up with what I want to say and drafting a text or email to send back to the person and explain, (laughs) kindly explain while (laughs) Sadie already said her piece, got it off her heart and moved on with her life. Exactly. Exactly. So it's beautiful. I'm so happy for this next generation. And I'm hoping, speaking of zero Fs given, that that is going to be a part of it as well. Like be very clear, like even for me experiencing sexual molestation, like me feeling like I couldn't say no. And because it is within my family, it's so nuanced because which which it is very nuanced. Like we, we sometimes think, oh, trafficking and all those things happen from strangers. We, you know, try to tell our kids about that. I think it's as high as 80% is family 
family. and boyfriend's family. Ooh. So it's, it's completely close people. And so I think that was me, my feeling of why I couldn't say no. You know, I'm like, this person loves me and, you know, and for, it was also nuanced because it was pleasurable. Right. And so what I did was I created zero F's given, which is exactly that, what we, we had a day of giving zero F's, a day of sexual abstinence in honor of all of those who have experienced sexual um, violence in any way, whether it's molestation, rape, trafficking. And um, when I started it, and um, I also help, I, some of the money goes to the Center for Safety and Change, which um, they help women who have, uh, they really help everyone, but it's mostly women who have gone through same type of thing, um, uh, trafficking, domestic violence, um, rape, and the services since COVID has gone up 70%. And the youngest victim that we helped in 2020 was seven years old for, tr for trafficking. So it's, you know, it's happening. It's out there. There are people who are working their ass off to help. So it's just like, like there's places where you can give and you know that, that it's helping. I'm more in the realm of the healing side. So I'm not, um, while I do give with the center, which is more of like the immediate, get the people out of the house into the safe house, you know, like it's, they, they help with lawyers, with psychologists, everything. All of the I'm, yeah. I'm on the healing side. Once they're going back into the world, how are they going to heal all of the things that they've gone through? And, um, and so I've set up different things, um, different healing programs. And, and it's really just about people like, again, like my book, people remembering who we really are, right? That we came here to experience pleasure, that we came here to feel like life is an orgasm, right? Like, and we run away from that. Um, we've been taught to, to shun that and that it's... Um, that it's shameful. And so mine is just to help us all remember. Wow. And the other reason I wrote, I, I made it was because when I was on my healing journey, um, it was all white people around me. And so I wanted something that was geared towards uh, people of color and marginalized groups. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to definitely check out your healing tools. I have a, a family member who right now is experiencing this with her 11 year old daughter who has been preyed upon by two family members. And there is the, the pull of, well, but this is my family member. Do I, you know, and this is my daughter and, you know, all of those things. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And with your book, Shallow Waters, as well, I know that you are going to, so many of us are going to see ourselves in this journey and seeing Yemaya, who is the mother, everything, seeing her in a coming of age aspect is going to be wonderful. I can't wait to, to 
dip my my energy in and and drink drink yeah. in <laughs> this pataki this story this version of yemaya and i will also just share with you that when i was a recent college graduate when i was very young i had a three woman show named goddess city and the premise of our show, we performed at the Schomburg Center in Harlem and a number of different places. And yeah, and it, you know, did really well. We were mentored by Miri Baraka and August Wilson. Oh, and like, what? What? It was, it was amazing. It was incredible. But the premise of the show was that we came from another planet. And when we hit Earth, we forgot that we were goddesses. And the whole show was about us trying going through the experience of being Black girls, three Black girls, the goddess of nerve, goddess of fever, and the goddess of truth, in trying to remember and reclaim our goddesshood. I talk about it in, in the book. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time for it to be like revived. Yeah. 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 It was published by University of Michigan Press a few years ago. Yes. Uh, I'm like, let me give it to my kids, my girls to do. Yeah, I will. I will order a copy to you. I will send that to you for your girls. Yes. But thank you, Goddess Anita. And so where do people find you and find the book and find everything? Because I could talk to you forever. But I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So know where yes. to find everything. So you can um, find me um, mostly on Instagram, but on, on different the, my social media platforms. I am Anita Kopach, Anita, A-N-I-T-A. K-O-P-A-C-Z on Instagram. Um, Shallow Waters is out August 3rd. So, and you can also, you could pre-order, like we know the pre-orders are super important right now. So get my book, get Abiola's book, you know, just yeah. pre-order. I can't wait for mine to come. I pre-ordered. So <laughs> I'm excited for it to come. I pre-ordered yours. <laughs> and then with zero Fs given, you know, there's, I, I have, um, I do have merch. I have sweatshirts and all that. So you can, um, and the, the proceeds go towards 80% of the proceeds go towards the center for safety and change from the, from the sweatshirts. Or you can, um, you can, if you feel like abundant and you're ready to give some money, you can give directly to um, Zero F's Given. All of those links are on my social media, on my, my Instagram. Oh, well, thank you, sis. Oh my goodness. This conversation was so powerful. Thank so you. very oh, powerful. One last thing. Yes, yes. I also have the Goddess Wisdom Council and we do retreats around the world. Hopefully retreats will be opening up again so that Abiola can do her retreats and we can all do our retreats, but that's on there as well if you want to look up Goddess Wisdom Council. Yay! <laughs> you are magnificent, sis. Thank you for showing us how to shine unapologetically. Thank you for showing us that you can bring your whole self to the party and that you don't need to hide or shrink. And when you want to, you can have a zero Fs given. Thank you, Goddess Anita. <laughs> Thank you. And ditto for you. What, what a reflection. What a reflection. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you. And thank you for watching. I will see you in the next conversation. Bye.